0: Tonight we're going to be talking about my Nitrocells series of paintings, which is a, a group of paintings I've been working on basically currently and several years prior. And the name conveys the mood of the pieces, Nitrocells, and also the material, materials employed to make the pieces. So I don't know, I think it's a cool name. And anyway, so many of you know I work in different genres at the same time, which is like figurative and uh, abstract and conceptual. I guess loosely you could say that. So, anyway, in a sense, this is a. Uh, I guess this could be some figurative work. Yeah, literally, yeah. Okay, you could identify what's in the picture. So, anyway. Um, in episode eight, can't believe the Steve Sash-Schwartz podcast has gotten that far. We're going to talk about this period. Uh, period. Ha, ah, funny word. Whatever. It makes it sound official. So um, these nitrocellulose, nitrocells, what I call them, nitrocells, really uh, reflect my interest in natural history, uh, traditional Japanese wood blocks like hokusai, and Hiroshika, and so many others you could think of, and, um, you know, the materials involved in my appreciation, appreciation for the natural order, okay, so, um, not to mention, like, the block frames, that they're all encased in, like, artist-made frames and everything, so that's, like, an important element, too, so, anyway, uh, I'm really, a driven by exploring materials, right? And um, for some reason, I've always been fascinated by the lush quality of nail polish and the palette of nail polish, nail lacquer, whatever you want to call it. And I always thought, oh, man, that would be so cool, make a painting out of nail polish. How ridiculous. Okay, sometimes when I tell people I work out of nail polish, I mean, with nail lacquer, you know, They naturally expect me to uh, be doing something campy and this could not be further than that. (laughs) But it's because I love the material. And like nail lacquer, there's a material in it called nitrocellulose, right? So hence the name, nitrocells. And uh, I guess that sounds more highbrow (laughs) than uh, nail polish. So anyway, it's also uh, found in car paint, right? So it comes with a um, really rich surface as well as a, a really peculiar palette, which, you know, you're not going to find in any art supply store and, or in any traditional paint kit, whatever, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and um, I really like that variety, that like outlier kind of element of it. Um, so I did this whole series of paintings, literally out of nail lacquer. I could open up the biggest nail salon in LA in a minute. You have no idea. I have hundreds and hundreds of nail lacquer, bottle, nail polish bottles people have sent me, and virtually these have been made that way. Dipping a little brush in there and painting. Not joking, right? And I'm going to take some close-ups. You can see the surface is so lush and rich and like actually when you put the top coat on there and like set it and what have you with the light. I mean, it's so rich. You don't see that in the traditional like art world, right? Like not at all. Okay. Um, so I did this whole series about that, but it's also like following my nose, like um, at a certain point, I don't know before like 2018, uh, what do you call it? Um, prior to COVID, 2020, 2019, 20 like spent some time in Germany, and I just totally caught this cat virus, right? I was so mesmerized by cats, and I thought they were so fascinating. And this is so cliche, I get it, right? Like how they move, the nuances of them. They're just so fascinating. And I'm not a cat guy. Ask my friends. I'm a dog guy. (laughs) People really know that. But anyway, still... Like wow. So I could not something about cats just uh rung a bell with me and I could not stop looking about looking at them, think, drawing them. And so I did a series of pieces and these were my first like nail polish, but like, well what if I just paint this cat, a Siamese, what have you, you know, on this driftwood plank of wood out of nail lacquer. And it came out really cool and first things often do because you have this like enthusiastic energy and whatever, and uh, you want to see how it comes out. And of course it came out like super bitchin'. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That was a really good one. So anyway, then that kind of lit a fire to, to pursue more. And so we have these great cats called Nina and Simone and they were sisters, but one was Siamese and one was, I'm not sure what you really call that kind anymore. Um, but it had a totally different uh, coloration and everything. But they were twins. And so I painted them. And so the cats here are them. Like, that is Simone. And Simone is like a way overweight, super lovable. <laughs> what do you call it? Siamese cat. And... I don't know i think that piece really um conveys a lot of like the hypnotic things about them and not the traditional like staring into their eyes but just everything about them like how they move the musculature you know um their palate, whatever so i'm going to show more close-ups of these things so i did several of these cat things and uh this is another one here and um that actually was Simone's sister, <laughs> but she has a whole um different coat at this point, and it just more worked with the painting, of course, because like making the work is like um a process, and it just was not congealing in her like ordinary colors, and I wanted like some snowy kind of feeling to it, but when you see close up, there's so much subtlety and richness in it it's just like a really pleasurable to look at like very satisfying and so those are the scissors and um, that's like an aspect of the work and then I, I found um, like blackbirds I've always had a thing for crows and starlings and murmurations like the way all the starlings gather and make those incredibly abstract fluid, uh cloud-like formations that just chronically change and so i did a a bunch well you know a handful of crows and starlings which is down here and when i show you the close-ups like the richness of uh, the paint and like i don't know the luminous qualities and all these iridescent little sparkly things like you're not getting that with, like, traditional materials. So I think that's really fun. It makes them distinctive and everything. It makes it, like, oh, a still image in this world of chaos, like, really mesmerizing to look at, like, oh, look at that. Like, how do you do that? You know, like, it's compelling. And, um, you know, that's what art, I think, should be. And I think uh, the goalposts have changed. The stakes are higher. And, like, you know, you really got to, make like the physical experience of the work important because otherwise everything's you know just on a little screen somewhere and you know is it real is it not real it's just like this ephemeral thing is really boring and it has a lot to do with like why am i doing these podcasts because i i feel like uh i have so many colleagues and great artists people i know like have just passed away like way beyond uh Way before their time, and I feel like, oh, like, what a shame. And like, let's take advantage of this technology and like share, like, teach, like, put it out there. So, I'm not trying only like principally to talk about myself. I have several periods. I want to get that out there. <laughs> Don't worry, I have like zero reach, but I'm trying. <laughs> um, but I'm also like interviewing, discussing, showing the work, pushing the work of like friends, colleagues, people that. I think are great just take some coordinating single data three like whatever but you know if you're on the art train you're on the art train this is what i do so great and i love it okay so um another thing like i'd like to get into or okay like there's so many different aspects okay another one okay is the floral thing and just like quintessential ordinary beauty that a lot of human beings could respond to and I really wanted to put that in this work, just something like rich and meditative and oasis, like, okay, a gorgeous, sweet little moment, boom, removed from the chaos of of imminent doom, right? And whatever things haunt our minds and daily activities, right? Okay, so I'm trying to convey a moment like that. All right, another important thing is like all of these are on, vintage planks because that's another theme in my work i've been nurturing i think that's a funny word but uh exploring mining for decades really like repurposing the past not re or maybe like reevaluating, looking at it incorporating it understanding it embracing it right and so lots of these are on like wooden planks and fortunately i have all these like great carpenter friends <laughs> they have extraordinary collections of the most bizarre hardwoods and oblique woods you could ever think of. and they're just giving me planks and so these are actually painted on really cool uh yeah granted vintage pieces of wood that are like crooked and cockeyed and whatever but you know they're like brazilian hardwoods and crazy things from madagascar and whatever and they actually have this physical weight, which I think is a neat component of them. Um, and then I put them in these frames, and these frames I call block frames. <laughs> has nothing to do with blockchain, but these block... and um, I don't know, I feel like it situates them more uh, with this other period I'm working in, which is called Instruments of Agency, and I want these to be working with them, even though they could have, like, their own direction. So, like, I have a whole other leg of this stuff, which I'm going to show, which is, like, uh, portraiture and whatever. And actually things that go off in an entirely different direction. But it's still part of the Nitrocells series. So I want to show that. But, um, yeah, I think I spoke about i think that's good okay thank you for joining me tonight i will try to polish this up make it more interesting okay thank you the end was just terrible